going on? My name is Michael Hacker, and this is the Hacker Outdoors podcast. This is episode number two, part two, Man in a Boat, with tournament angler and all-around good guy, Joey McCormick. This is a follow-up to the conversation we had last week, where we continue to talk a little bit about fishing, the fall, and some techniques for catching some bass this season. So without further ado, let's jump right in it. So we're going we're gonna to bypass that conversation. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, was getting a kick out of um, a story you told and about Uncle Ron. Um, Uncle Ron's both of our uncle. Um, I unfortunately only got to fish with him once, and that was the first time I did trout fishing. Uh, he took us to a brook off, you know, off the property on some, one of the neighbor's properties, and it was hand lining for these beautiful brookies, man, and they were ferocious. Like you want to talk about a ferocious like creature, like you could have thrown in just a hook and you would have landed them because it saw something shiny and it wanted to kill it. Yeah, it's, um, up there is very pristine. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, I found it's out that gorgeous. Pennsylvania actually has one of the most Western herds of elk in the United oh. States. Yeah. So I believe it. Yeah, it's uh, Elk County, Pennsylvania. You can actually get an elk hunting tag, and. I don't know if they'd let you if you're out of state or anything like that. I don't know how many they do, but uh, Elk County, Pennsylvania. I don't think that's far from them, actually. No? I think county before um, Erie. Yeah, that's not too far from them at all. Yeah, they're good. I, have, I haven't been up there in years to camp, and it was when we did go up there, man, nothing like it. It was just so remote and vast and sasquashy. Last time I was up there, his father <laughs> – was complaining that there were too many people on the river and it was getting too crowded. And maybe that whole day I saw like six canoes go by. It's like, damn, Taurus. But <laughs> he would have had a heart attack if he saw what it was like this summer, I'm sure, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, that was, that was probably like six years ago. Yeah. That was, when we that were was, up there, we didn't see another soul, man. It was insane. It's, it's really insane. Once you get outside, I mean, I think a lot of people stay, what is that, the Allegheny Forest? Okay. What, yeah, yeah, Allegheny National Forest. Yeah. I think a lot of people will camp in there, but they never make it that far towards them on the river. Hmm. It's really shallow. Um, last time I was up there, he, he had a new Ranger he bought, but he had a jet, uh, was it a jet engine, so he could go over the real, you know, four inches of water you could zoom through. That's it awesome. Badass. So like a normal bass boat and prop, I mean, you could do it, but it wouldn't be easy. Yeah, I, mean, I was watching... Um, das boat on on youtube the meat eater show and they had a boat with you know an outboard engine and <laughs> they were cruising up this river dinging up that prop man i was i was cringing uh yeah like that, that allegheny i mean it's there was one spot him and i went over i mean it couldn't have been more than eight inches of water and since it was a jet jet motor just went right through it i mean if you had a normal motor with a prop there's no way you would yeah. just be well, it's, so the jet engine boats are awesome, but they're only really good for situations like that, right? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of what I, I know, that, that, that that's what they're for, yeah. that real shallow river type of running. I mean, because like I said, there's parts, like when you get up towards Tainessa where he's at, that, I mean, you, you could walk across and it's just above your ankle. Yeah, we walked across many times, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's and maybe why we caught tons of fish up there too in the shallows, which was nice. But 
it was amazing to me how shallow it was. Remember, we caught I caught that frogfish in Jersey this year at that at your little lake there. What I don't know, four inches of water. Yeah, about that, that right? Thing was a oh. hog. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Yeah. It, that always amazes me how shallow they'll, they'll get. You know, you don't think a fish would be in that shallow water of that size, but yeah. And they did it when I told you when I was catfishing up there for the, my second time ever catfishing officially, and. I caught just basically throughout the throughout the meet and let it sit out there and I was bass fishing and um I caught a bass maybe six inches away from me in the water. It was cruising in the shallows in probably under a foot of water somewhere. Yeah, like right. four to six, maybe seven inches of water. Um and it destroyed it. It was like an explosion because it was so shallow it it had no Yeah, nowhere to go, but to go. Yeah. that was cool. I mean, it's insane how shallow they will sit, you know, especially those topwater bites when they blow up on it. You know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so where are, they, where are they sitting now? If, you know, let's talk about tips for the short term here for fall. You know, where should you be looking for these bass and what should you be throwing? And what's the technique? So this time of year, people say, a lot of people say fall is one of the tougher times to fish, you know. They'll be eating, getting ready for the winter, you know, fattening up. But, you know, if you watch, like I was watching the Bassmasters were just down on um, Chickamauga. I think it's what, yeah, Chickamauga. They were just on the Chick this past week. And, and, and that's a body of water that, you know, 24, 25 pounds a day will win it. And, and their weights were like 12, 14. I think the heaviest was 18 for a five bag because uh, they're just kind of, cruising around eating bait you know a lot of times they'll in fall they'll, they'll they'll start chasing the bait the bait will go back to like the creek channels off the lake and like fishing the points and stuff um fall time a lot of people like throwing moving baits you know swim baits spinner baits crank baits um a lot of whites chartreuse you know shad colors will do it um and you know you can go out there and crush them, but it can be tough, you know, because they're just, they can be cruising all over the place. It can be tough to find them. But when you do, I mean, they're out there. Um, the last tournament I had was on the St. James River in Virginia. And um, the crankbait bite was on. Um, I was catching them on the drop shot too, but, you know, the crankbait bite was on. What was funny, I was catching them on um, a Spro Little John. And it was white chartreuse, and it had like a little blue on the top. Hmm. And they were devouring that thing. The thing was, I only had two of them. And um, at the end of the first day, I, I broke my second one, actually cast it, and it hit a rock and exploded the crankbait. And uh, I had another Spro Little John that was so close to that color, but didn't have the blue, and they wouldn't touch it. They would not touch it. They, they wanted that little bit of blue in there. I mean, that's how finicky they were that that first day um but you know i'm going fishing friday right now i mean i have chatterbait tied on a spinnerbait tied on um crankbait and you know, the drop shot um a lot of guys you know will go spinnerbaits this time of year chatterbaits anything moving that you know mimics like a shad shad colors they'll go with 
but you know, you can never go wrong if you know where they're at throwing finesse too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've moved so like I've moved on from predominantly bass fishing like I do in the summer, and it, I've always done it. It's a fall in my mind. It's it's trout season, right? Um, but you know, my my goal is to land a muskie, and I think that's it stays true with, with musky fishing. I, I don't know. That's my opinion, at least. And everything that I'm reading is the colors and technique. It's not, they're chasing the same fish, right? Yeah, they're all, I mean, they're all eating the same stuff, you know, they really are. Um, so and I've never been a big musky guy. I've never called a musky, but I wouldn't see why the, you know, the same colors and stuff wouldn't work. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, Crazy. I'm not, I mean, I'd like throwing a fluke a lot too during the spring because, you know, a jerk bait. Jerk bait's another big bait to throw during this. I mean, the fall, not the spring, excuse me. Um, but it is. I was pretty I, successful with the jerk bait all summer long. Um, yeah. I do spinning. It, depending upon, once again, the body of water um, and what's in there and, you know, the surroundings. Um, it's been pretty tried and true. So. Yeah, I mean, I love throwing the fluke or a fluke style bait. Um, for me, it, it, you know, it works pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, there'll be days it, it doesn't work, but it, it's been a pretty consistent bait for me to catch fish on. Um, I, mean, I, I like fishing in the fall. Like, I, I, I do well with it, but, you know, it, you can have tough days. Yeah. It can be tough. Um, you know, but it's one of those things. Moving baits, a lot of guys say moving baits, chatter baits. You know, that, that's a bait that's really bladed jigs they call them really blowing yeah. up they, you know i have good success with them unless i'm on the potomac if i'm on the potomac i'm just catching catfish on them you know, <laughs> if you throw a jackhammer on the potomac this year I, you're catching a catfish i mean i must have caught about 100 it's pretty you insane told, it. you told me that and i was so mad because i had been targeting catfish it was on my list uh, you know it didn't even matter what kind of catfish i caught i just wanted to catch one i'd never even by accident that I ever caught one before. And, you know, I was, I think I had just been the night before your tournament on the Potomac and it, I did everything right in my opinion and didn't catch anything. And <laughs> you're, you're texting me when you get off the boat and you're like, you're like, dude, you will not believe how many catfish I caught today. And I was just like, you did it basically in, in theory, you shouldn't have caught any catfish, especially not in the middle of the day and not on what you were throwing, but it worked. And fish have a mind of their own, and I think that's important to say. Like, I mean, that day I was out with Andrew practicing it. I mean, literally, we we both knew. I mean, we both fished the Potomac a lot last summer, and every time we would throw a chatterbait, it was catfish central. And yeah, it was the same. That thing would hit the water, and I would get a half a crank, and there'd be a cat on there. Um, it was crazy. I mean, there's so many catfishes at Potomac that when we were down there, I mean. We literally at one point saw a school of like 20 swimming, just cruising along. I hate this thing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it took you that long to get one because I hate catching those damn things. Yeah, I know. You you were making fun of me, man. And I, I, <laughs> I got to be honest, like I, I don't – I'm an early morning fisherman. And, yeah. you know, where I was going for the cats, it was, it was like – I was going at like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, you know, summertime. And yeah. it wasn't dark yet. Um, but you know, a couple weeks ago I, I was there, you know, obviously it's getting darker earlier and it was like the sun hit beyond the trees and was like beginning to set. 
and all of a sudden you just started to watch the the lines it was like a switch went off and the catfish became active and I was happy as hell to see it. And, and the guy that I caught was a hell of a fighter. Um, you know, God bless anyone who goes out and just catfishes. It's a lot of patience and sitting around. I guess that's part of the fun. Um, but when you do hook onto them, they, they can put up a heck of a fight. I saw a guy doing one on a, on a fly rod. <laughs> it was, it was a byproduct. He wasn't going for him. Right. He caught one and it just, like you said, like a dinosaur on his line. The rod was looked like it was about to break. Um, I think that would be a cool thing to do is to catch one on a fly rod. But without sight fishing for them, it's not nearly impossible because they're, you know. Sometimes I think when you go out targeting those fish, like you were specifically targeting catfish. That's yeah. why you catch them, you know. Like if you were out there trying to catch a bass, you could catch cats all day. Yeah, I bet you're right. That's, right. that's kind of how it works, you know, for me. It's like if I don't want to catch that thing, I'm catching it. Yeah. I just – Catfish aren't, aren't, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do. They're, they're slimy. You know, they've got their little spines or whatever behind their fins. <laughs> like after you catch one, it death rolls your line, looks like it's been slime by slime. <laughs> goes. So gross. And then you're retying and it's just a pain. And you're worried yeah. about getting poked by that stupid ball. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't. They're, they're, they're not my uh, favorite. I told Donna she should catch one just so she could see him because she saw the video of the one I caught. She's like, that thing's really cute. And I said, yeah, they are like, they have soulful eyes, right? Like they look back at you. And I think that's kind of like the allure for fishing for me is like, you know, we're big wildlife guys. We love seeing things and um, you're, you're, you're catching something, which is the hunt. You get to bring it in and actually look at another creature in its face, something that you would never be able to see in right. person if unless you were fishing or snorkeling or diving or whatever. Um, here you are, you're looking face to face with this little ancient looking creature that's a catfish with his whiskers coming out and his soulful eyes. And you're just like, okay, I'm going to put you back now. And uh, I think I'm good. I don't need to do this anymore. Yours was croaking, wasn't it, when you caught it? Yeah, he was croaking. Yeah. Not as bad as uh, I was up at a, a lake where we used to camp growing up. And uh, there were these guys, they, they were coming back in their canoe. And I heard all these noises coming from inside the canoe. And I so what did you catch? Were you, what are you going to cook? Two catfish, this beautiful channel. And the thing was making like a harmony with this other blue catfish he had caught. And they were like singing back and forth. I'm like, this is terrifying. I wouldn't, I don't know. That, that would freak me out. Like catfish singing at night. That's some deliverance crap right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, no, I'd put them back, man. Bad omen. There you get it. Yeah. No good. It's like when you catch those croakers in the ocean, whatever the hell they call it, they make the, the horrible noise, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they croak. I mean, croaker. It's uh, no. bad bass is my deal. You know. Yeah. And, and so I always, you know, at least in the lakes that I've always fished, you know, growing up on, you know, close to the city, we'll say in northern Jersey, typically largemouth bass lakes or ponds and everything like that. And when everyone, you used to tell me about catching smallmouths, and I'd be like, what's the big deal? You know, it's a bass. A bass is a bass is a bass, right? And holy cow, man, there's a big difference there. And uh, if you haven't specifically targeted smallmouth bass, uh, you know, to anyone listening to this, and you're only a largemouth bass, you know, person, you know, definitely get out there, target them. Um, I had a, the pleasure of catching a tarpon a few years ago um, down in the Keys, and uh that really the the captain of the boat i was on said to me he's like it's like a bass on steroids and 
when you catch a smallmouth bass and specifically on the, how you catch them and where you catch them, they tail dance on top of that water and there's nothing like watching them fight. Um, smallmouth bass, it just fights and the largemouth bass really just, he puts up maybe a second of a fight and then he just kind of cruises to the, you know, shore or boat or whatever it is you're fishing from. Yeah, not, not smallmouth fishing is just addictive. It's, it's a whole nother, you know, another thing. I mean, I, I, I love it, especially, you know, in St. Lawrence, you're drop shotting, you know, got light line, spinning, spinning tackle, you know, you hook up with a two and a half pounder and, you know, think you have a beast on there and it's just a two and a half pounder. Yeah. It, Nuts. I mean, I remember one time the Allegheny River, I don't know how long it's been, probably five, six years ago, I was out with Ron, and the, I threw a fluke out, and that thing hit the water before I even jerked it, and, and something hit it, broke my reel, snapped the rod, and we thought we had a muskie on, and it was a five-pound small now, and it, it was insane, because, we, you know, he grew up on this river, and he, you know, he's like, that's definitely a muskie, he, you know, we're getting right a muskie, and it was a small now. I mean, just, just destroyed everything. It was crazy. Like, insane. Absolutely insane how strong they are. I mean, largemouth, you know, they'll, they'll put up a fight too, but not like a smallie. No. no. My favorite, one of my favorite stories, definitely my favorite freshwater fishing story is from Uncle Ron that you told me about him catching the muskie on the uh, the kid's rod. Yeah, he caught a, just, just under, what is it, 48, 49 inches. Uh, musky on a it was just like one of those little kids rods you know those little kids like superhero rod or princess rod or whatever yeah yeah he's out fishing with his uh i think it was his nephew or his nieces one of the two and then he hooked up with this huge musky i mean he, he got it in he, you know he got a mount made of it everything and that that blew my mind I, that's the feet in the zone um, like i said i've never caught a musky but i've been up there when he's been hooked up with the muskie and, and, and those things are ferocious from, from what I've seen. Yeah. Just, just insane. And I find that interesting, right? Cause you know, it's in similar family to pickerel and, and Northern Pike and a pickerel hits hard and then kind of just macho mans it to the boat or wherever you're fishing from. And kind of like the largemouth bass where it's just trying to see what the heck's going on. And it doesn't put up much of a fight, maybe until you're trying to net them or get the hook out. But the Northern Pike I caught fought decent when he hooked, fought like midway into me reeling him in. And then he fought at the boat. He had like one more pull where he, he let out maybe about 10 yards of line. And then he swam right back to me and it just went right in the net on his own. And uh, it's it's hard to imagine that a muskie would fight harder than that, but it's it's I'm um, I'm intrigued and I I look forward to catching one and hopefully I catch it on video because those things get huge. I, I mean, they they get big. I've never targeted them. Like I said, I, I'm I'm just fast. Maybe that's my thing. But get your ass up here, man. Let's go. <laughs> one of the quarantine list up there. I mean, oh, that's right. You guys got re-added, right? I think we got re-added again. <sighs> but um. Uh, you know, up the, up on that, where Ron lives, Uncle Ron lives, you know, there's guys go out at nighttime trolling for those muskies, you know, like, kind of like you would do for rockfish out here, all guys troll for rockfish, you know, yeah. they're doing muskies and they're throwing these ginormous lords. I mean, it's something to be said about it. And it always blows my mind how they'll follow it back to the boat and, you know, they'll do the figure eight, that thing will still eat it. Well, that that's like one of the scariest things, I think, you know, I don't know, hey, 
I, I told you my story. Like you're watching this, I was fly fishing at one of the lakes. I was I wasn't at all targeting muskie, and it was early spring. I was going after once again lake trout and uh, my landlocked salmon, and I was fishing a little bit deep. I had my sinking line on, and um, I was reeling it, and I had this nice, decent sized pink and white fly on, and I got in within 10, 10 feet deep thereabouts, and you know maybe a foot away from my canoe. And I'm really, I'm looking to see where it is. You know, you're kind of hunched over the edge, looking down. And all of a sudden out of the darkness just came this head, like looks, looks up at me, looks at the lore or the fly and just stares. And you're, you're like, what the heck is that? And it scares you when you don't think like, you know, I had it in my head. Like I knew I wanted to catch a muskie this year. And I was like, okay, you got to do figure eight or, you know, some people say you just do the circle or the oval so that they have more space to turn because they are big creatures. But like, like that muskie stared at me dead in the eyes, like head like this and just disappeared back into the darkness. Cause he wasn't activated. He followed it right up to the boat. Yeah. And with the chatterbait, like I'll throw a chatterbait and, you know, a lot of times the bass will hit that so close to the boat and it, it startles you. It really does. Yeah. I mean, we have a, like Lock Raven out of the street, we have a ton of pike in there and, and they'll do the same thing. They'll, they'll follow back to the boat and come up out of the dark like that and crush it. And it, it does, it startles you, you know? Yeah. It, it definitely, definitely can, especially when it's out of the deep like that, you know, it's like a, a movie with like a sea monster or some crazy. I mean, the lake was, I think where I was fishing, it was like 100 feet deep or 115 feet deep. Yeah, that, that's spooky. That's yeah, spooky. you're like, like, holy cow, like, what else could be down there? Um, so we're, we're coming up on the end here, Joe. I know you got a hard, hard stop. Uh, you know, I wanted to thank you for joining us today. And, um, you know, it was great talking to you. I'll link your link, uh, your, your <laughs> Instagram account or whatever that social media crap is, right? Um, yeah. And mine as well. And. I'd love to have you back on so we can continue maybe talking some fishing stories at some point in the near future. Anytime, anytime. Like I said, anybody who wants to get out and start, you know, fishing the tournaments, definitely give it a try. It's, it's addictive. It will get, you know, get in your blood and, and that's all you think about. That's how it is for me. Like I'm chomping at the bit, to, you know, to be back out there competing. Like I said, it can be very humbling, you know, you know, you could be the guy who, crushes it by you and catches fish all the time but then you get out in these bodies of water and you'll have days where it's just seems like nothing you do or throw is right and you know it's very humbling you have a long drive back home where you can sit there and pick apart everything you could have done different or done this or that but it's it's something that that's really addictive so that's why they call it fishing right exactly oh it's it's it definitely definitely is Oh, Joe, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I love you and uh, look forward to fishing with you soon and um, look forward to having everyone uh, leave comments below. Let me know what you thought and we'll be back hopefully next week. <laughs> Much love and uh, have a good night. Thanks, Mike. I'll see you, buddy. All right, bro. All right. So that is part two of the Hacker Outdoors Man on a Boat episode two with Joey McCormick. Thank you for joining us this past half hour. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, leave a comment, and we'd love to hear from you. Give us a follow on Instagram at Hacker Outdoors and on YouTube at Hacker Brothers Adventures. And Joey McCormick can be found on Instagram at Joey McCormick 81. All right, guys, we'll see you next week and thank you again.